Hey, what's up, everybody? The Fish Tank Guy here, and welcome back to the Fish Tank Guy podcast. I believe this is episode number 13. Ooh, unlucky. Um, but I know it's been more than two weeks since my last podcast. Guys, I'm really going to try to get back on a schedule, but with summer comes a lot of family activities. I mentioned this before, blah dee blah I know you don't really care, so I'm going to move on, and uh, we'll, we'll start, start ahead with the podcast here. Now... Uh, you know, just a brief life update. Uh, as you guys probably know, I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's super hot here. It was uh, 91 degrees today. We were one of the hottest cities in the entire country. And it's the beginning of September. So that has been kind of frustrating, actually, because I've been trying to do a lot of outdoor work, including putting up a new basketball hoop that we just got that I'm really pumped for. And it just has not worked out because it's just so oppressively hot. Um, that it's like almost not not safe to be doing that kind of stuff outside. Um, I have doing a bunch of I have been doing I have been yeah I have been doing a bunch of landscaping, mainly because we didn't do any landscaping at our house pretty much the entire summer. So people would walk by, they would point at our yard, they would snicker and they would laugh um, because uh, you know they have their professional contractors come in to do all their landscaping because they are very wealthy. And um, we actually need to be reasonable and do our landscaping ourselves. So uh, even though it's late in the season, I figured it'd be a good time to, you know, get that old mulch out of there, get that old weed blocker out of there that doesn't work. Weed blocker doesn't work, everybody. It doesn't work. It's false advertising. It always has been. It works for a little while, and then the weeds come up through, you know, the holes that are essentially uh, is in weed blocker. To make sure the air, you know, the the soil gets aerated or water can go through or whatever garbage that is, right? So I use like thick black plastic instead. It's probably not great for water runoff and whatnot, but it stops any weeds. So I've now gone around the entire front of the house and everything looks a lot nicer. People now point and admire with respect that our yard is uh, nice looking. And prim and proper and uh, you know they still laugh and jeer at me when I cut my own yard so when I cut the you know I cut the grass uh, but I don't care so I'm, I'm really happy to, to have that done although I was really frustrated when it was getting super hot um, the kids are back in school now so that doesn't really change up things too much other than they go to bed a little bit earlier and they we got to make sure they do their homework and different things like that we're trying to get them used to doing chores you know a lot of you folks out there if you're parents you probably know all about that um, that can be frustrating and testing at times but this so so far this year has been pretty good um, both kids are in middle school now so they're in the same school together they get on the bus at the same time they get home at the same time so that makes things a little bit easier um, if we have to take them back and forth to school for some events or things like that it's all at the same place which is super nice and it's actually just like two or three minutes away from our house so that's really cool um, other than that, you know, things have been going pretty good. I hope you guys have had a really good summer. I hope you had a good Labor Day. Um, we went out to camp, but it was so freaking hot out at camp that we like, didn't even enjoy ourselves. We like, couldn't wait till we, we got home. Um, we stayed one night, and the next day we were like, what are we doing here? Uh, this is terrible. We need to get out of here. And we hung out for a little while, and we realized we were just sitting around uh, sweating and not having much fun so we decided to leave a little bit early but um 
you know that's just what happened happens when it gets super hot outside so anyway uh welcome back to the the podcast for those of you who have not listened to the podcast before and i'm i apologize i'm tripping all over myself today i'm gonna try to pull it together uh for those of you who have not listened to the podcast before welcome for the first time to the fish tank guy podcast i hope you stay a while and uh maybe you'll watch a future episode and you and the four or five other people who listen to it can talk about it and you can bond and connect and you know you can have your little nice community there and you can talk about things um but uh this week is i'm excited for this week because i'm doing something very different from the previous weeks if you were watching this on youtube um somebody gave me the suggestion to make the podcast a little more interactive and when i say interactive i mean they wanted to see what i was seeing so i'm going to do that Uh, i will show you uh in a few minutes what that's going to look like it's the first half of the podcast is just going to be me talking and you get to see my ugly mug and the second half i'm going to be showing you stuff on the screen which is really cool so apologies in advance if things don't work quite perfectly and also apologies in advance if you experience different volume levels because i am going to be playing a couple clips i'll get to that in a second um so if the volume is a little bit different on those clips versus my voice bear with me this is my first time doing it this way and i'll need to tweak things a little bit i'll appreciate your feedback in the comments below so uh, i'm not going to bother with 30 minutes today i'm blowing 30 minutes out of the freaking water because i don't care uh, about the 30 minute mark but I am gonna try to keep it reasonable, so I'm gonna keep it under an hour, but more than 30 minutes. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through my tank updates. I'm gonna do five movie reviews, but with the movie reviews, I'm gonna show you the movie, like you know the IMDB page of the movie that I'm going to be reviewing. I'm also incorporating a new section, non-fish related, called the Office Clip of the Week. For those of you who hate the Office, fast forward it for two minutes. For those of you who like the Office, or maybe have never really seen the Office, stay tuned. I'm going to pick a random office clip from their YouTube page and watch it. It might be funny. It might not be all that funny. It might be super awkward. Who knows what it's going to be. I'm just going to do it randomly so I can react along with you guys, even though I have definitely seen all the clips on there before because I've watched the entire series multiple times. But I feel like that'd be like a cool way to break up the podcast a little bit. Just a two two minute or less right around there clip of the office to you know check out every week. Then I'm going to talk about the fish tank guy topic of the week, which is going to be bristle worms. That's going to be interesting. I actually don't have extended research on it. I have one really good web page that I'm going to read through. And then I'm also going to read through some of the forums, man, because we love the freaking forums. And then uh, I'm going to do my fish of the week to close it out. So uh, let me breathe. Guys, guys, I'm just like, talking so fast because i i don't know why um i have my new headphones on by the way these are arxis series 5 bluetooth series 3 i'm terrible at plugging things i don't even know what it is it's the bluetooth set um, that i use for my xbox and i can also use it for the pc and it also works as a bluetooth headset which is really cool so i'll be listening to the clip on this um, but for now it'll just be down here around my neck so i can hear what i'm saying Okay, so in terms of the tank update, if you guys have been following the YouTube channel, you'll see, you'll have seen that I posted the final video in the 10 gallon nano reef series, which is a video of the tank all taken down. There are a few things still living in the tank, 
um, one of which I removed and put into the fish tank tower because it was a hermit crab, spoiler alert. And um, that tank is actually still in its, you know, where it was when I took that video. I will eventually take the time to completely dismantle it. And I think I may be considering giving away my Mars Aqua LED light. That is a pretty big giveaway um, because I think it was around $75. So I might wait to do that until I hit 15,000 subscribers if I ever hit 15,000 subscribers. So if you guys are interested in potentially winning something like that, tell your friends about the channel, um, make some fake accounts, um, tell your relatives and people you work with that you they should watch the channel and subscribe to the channel and then maybe we'll hit 15,000 and then maybe I can give that away so that'd be awesome so um, that's where we're at with the 10 gallon tank so the 10 gallon tank is donezo no more updates on the 10 gallon tank this is the final update may it rest in peace um, okay so next would be the five gallon tank the five gallon tank is up and running it looks a lot different there's going to be a video on it this week. I'm actually planning on filming it shortly after I finish this podcast. Um, it is housing a few pieces of coral, uh, some different live rock, and yes, it has its very own bristle worm inhabitant, which was the inspiration for my fish tank topic of the week. So you guys will check that out. But the tank is doing well. I'm actually happier with it now that I've taken some of the larger pieces of rock out and I have one piece of rock in it. It doesn't seem so crowded and jammed. So you guys will see that later this week on the channel. Um, as for the BioCube, the BioCube is doing okay. Um, I actually had to break off a piece of the candy cane coral because it got so big. I broke that off and I put that into another tank, which I will show you. So no spoilers on that, uh, but the BioCube is doing okay. And the fish tank tower is doing awesome. Uh, I do have some issues with the fish tank tower right now. I have light brown algae permeating kind of throughout the entire system. I need to do a few water changes before I do the reveal. And I've had a hard time finding the time to do that. So I'm hoping that I do that within the next week or two and I finally do the reveal. I know I said I was going to do it on the last podcast and I know I'm going to start losing subscribers and people are going to start giving me that thumbs freaking down because they're upset that I'm not revealing the fish tank tower, but I will be doing that very soon, guys. I promise you, really. Okay. Now, we're going to do our five movie reviews of the week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do this transition here. Okay. See how it works. Whoop. There I am. And there's my computer, so you guys can see. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go through the reviews. I've got five movies, like I always do. I'm going to do them fairly quickly. I'm going to actually just give you the summary of the film that is on IMDb, and then I'm going to give you my personal rating. I don't rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. I rate it on a scale of A to F. If you need to figure out what the scale is, you can listen to some of my previous podcasts where I kind of explain why I do an A to F grading scale. Um, all right, let's get going. The first one is Caliber, as you can see here. Two lifelong friends head up to an isolated Scottish Scottish Highlands village for a weekend hunting. I'm not very good with that accent. Nothing could prepare them for what follows. Okay. So what I gave Caliber, I said that I expected more from this movie. Uh, some parts were realistic and others were not. Uh, 
reactions and situations in the film sort of played out oddly is what I said and I said uh, there was good tension and the tension was built throughout but I would consider it a slow burn movie so there is a very significant event that happens very early on in the film but I don't want to spoil it so um, after this event happens the two protagonists I guess you would call them of the film they basically get into a sticky situation that they continue to deal with for the rest of the film and why I said that I thought that some of the scenes played out oddly is because when they were getting interrogated and they were getting pressured about this situation the way that they answered and the way that they tried to you know talk about it and get themselves out of it and kind of explain themselves was very odd I didn't think it was realistic at all so I thought that was kind of strange however I thought the movie was interesting it was worth watching probably once um, and that's why I gave it a C plus I wouldn't say it was great though I said, uh, you know, if you've got other great movies in the queue, pass on it for a while. But if you start running dry, C plus is a decent movie to watch at least once. Okay, so the next movie here is Battle of the Sexes, the true story of the 1973 tennis match between world number one Billie Jean King and ex-champ and serial hustler Bobby Riggs, who is uh, played by Steve Carell. Uh, Billie Jean King was played by Emma Stone. Now this movie, I thought the movie was good. Um, it was based on a true story, which I really enjoy. Um, Steve Carell was really funny as Bobby Riggs. I thought the story was interesting. Um, not knowing the background of how this all played out made it even more interesting. I didn't know who was going to win, what was gonna happen, so that kept me engaged. Um, the only thing that I would say is there was a huge focus on Billie Jean King's love interests in this movie. Now, for those of you who don't know, Billie Jean King came out as a you know gay female tennis player. It was a historic thing at the time, back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and a lot of the movie focused on that. It focused more on her and kind of what she was going through rather than the story that the movie was promoted to be about. Right, so I felt that that took away from it a little bit. Um, even though that part was interesting, I think the actual story between her and Bobby Riggs was even more interesting because it was about this battle of genders, right? And you know, women should be paid equally to men. Why aren't they treated fairly and things like that? So I thought that was more interesting. Um, I wish they would have focused on that a bit more, but I thought the movie was good. Definitely worth, definitely worth a watch. I gave it a B minus. So that'd be a movie that I would watch, but I probably wouldn't watch again. All right, next. Oh, okay, um, Hereditary. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. Um, it stars Toni Collette and she's the mother. And uh, let me just put it this way. All right, a lot of people have hyped up this movie. They said it was really great. It has a 7.4 on IMDb. I didn't like the movie at all. Um, to me, the trailer was a total misdirection of where the movie was going to go. Um, the trailer focuses on one thing, 
and that is completely changed 20 minutes into the movie. I'm not even kidding you. It's completely changed. And I can see why they might have done that, right? They they wanted to throw you for a loop early on, like expect the unexpected. You know, you weren't even expecting this to happen, whatever happened. Um, so it was a total shift from the trailer, which is fine. However, they, they really promoted this movie as like one of the scariest movies since The Exorcist, which I 100% disagree with. Um, I didn't think it was very scary. Um, I don't even want to tell you what it focused on because we're not supposed to know why these things are happen happening, but you'll know uh, by the end of the movie, obviously. Um, and one thing that I can tell you is a bad sign for when you're at the movie theater is when you keep checking your watch to see what time it is. And I kept doing that throughout this movie, especially throughout the middle section because it's very, very slow. So Hereditary, I mean... Horror buffs might want to go see it. Scary movie people might want to go see it. I give it a D, and I like scary movies. So, hereditary, hereditary D. Um, so, yeah, let me close out these tabs. All right, we'll go to the next one here. Traffic. Okay, 6.1. Not really great IMDb, IMDb review. Uh, a couple off for a romantic weekend in the mountains are accosted by a biker gang. Alone in the mountains, Bree and John must defend themselves against the gang who will stop at nothing to protect their secrets. Um, okay, so Paula Patton stars. Essentially, this movie is about human trafficking. I don't want to like, just family friendly channel here. Um, but uh, it's basically about human trafficking. Um, I thought the movie was interesting. Some of the characters were super one-sided. Um, so you knew after meeting them for five minutes that they were going to die, right? Because they were just plain old dislikable characters that you didn't like at all right from the beginning. Um, I thought it was interesting. It was tense in a lot of parts, which was good. Um, it brought awareness to the subject of human, tra human trafficking. So I thought that was cool that it also had like this kind of this message like the movie was entertaining but there was also a message behind it that hey these things actually happen in real life and it's something we need to be aware of um, overall I thought it had a super anticlimactic ending which I was really disappointed about and I was just kind of let down I watched the trailer the trailer looked baller sauce and the movie itself was just regular sauce I gave it a C plus so a little better than average but not by a whole lot so that was traffic and last but not least is life of the party life of the party 5.5 out of 10 um, after her husband abruptly asked for a divorce for a divorce a middle-aged mother returns to college in order to complete her degree obviously this stars Melissa McCarthy um, in the last few months you've probably seen a trailer for it uh, I wasn't all that interested in the movie to be honest with you I thought the trailer was kind of funny in parts um, but it wasn't something I was all that interested in. My wife kind of wanted to see it a little bit more than I did, but even, you know, she was sort of on the fence about seeing it. However, um, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, really. Uh, it was a dumb comedy, uh, but there were a lot of funny parts in it, surprisingly enough. Um, I would actually consider watching it again. I can't believe I'm saying this about this movie. They got a 5.5 on IMDb. I would consider watching it again, and I gave it a B-. So I would say it was an above average comedy. It wasn't great, um, but I also know that movies and what you think of movies have a lot to do with what you expect going in. 
um, I expected absolute garbage. <laughs> so maybe that influenced my grade a little bit. It was a lot better than I expected. Uh, if you go in with high expectations, you'll probably be disappointed. But if you go in with no expectations, you'll probably half enjoy yourself, right? So, um, so there you go. There's life of the party. Okay. So now I can close out this over here. My grades are over here. You guys don't need to see all that. I know you, you want to see what I'm doing, but that, that's not important. Um, okay. All right. So let's go back to this guy. Here I am again. Hello. All right. Now, how long have I been recording? I have no way in this new software to tell how long I've been recording. Okay. So up next, we're going to do our random office clip of the week. Uh, I'm going to flip over here back to my computer. What I have here is a YouTube generator. Now, it's already sitting on a video, but I want it to be random. I don't want you guys to think that I just watched it and I like, you know, kind of staged my reactions to it and things like that. Um, so I'm going to hit random here. I'm going to make sure it's roughly two minutes long or a little less. And oh, okay, this is a two minute long clip. So I'm going to put on the headphones and I'm going to watch along with you. This is called Megadesk. I know exactly what this is and I remember it being awesome. Welcome back, Dad. Oh, thank you. Hey. 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 Very good. Okay, we'll get back to you in that right away. Thanks. <laughs> what do we got here? Mega desk. Of course. Command central. Mm -hmm. Surveillance, gaming, and business. Okay. Okay. What? Come on. So he took Jim's Jim. desk. Tweedledee and Tweedledumass has been away on maternity leave. But now Tweedledumass is back, and we have a problem. Yes, getting hooked on Megadesk was my own damn fault. <laughs> I don't care about assigning blame. All I care about is Megadesk. That is all I care about. Getting more Megadesk. Nope. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, come on, come on. Five more minutes. Five more minutes of Megadesk. Please. So, Sir Germain. They say that no man is an island. False. I am an island, and this island is volcanic. Yeah. Uh, we should be able to have that over to you by Monday. Oh, yes. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What the hell is this? <laughs> oh, this is not Megadesk. No, it's not. They call it Quad Desk. That's ridiculous. This is made up of three desks. Oh, my God. We're going to have to rename it then, aren't we? <laughs> Hello, Dwight Schrute. Oh, man. <laughs> this is called Quad Desk. There's actually three desks. Oh, right. Dwight's desk was the fourth desk. Okay. Now, that was that was pretty good. That was a pretty good clip. So let's move on to the fish tank topic of the week, which is going to be bristle worms. Could be all about bristle worms. Ah, it's feeling a little parched. Alright. So, um, 
I used saltwateraquariumblog.com for uh, my main published you know, research info about bristle worms. So we're just gonna start with a brief, look how gross they are first off. These pictures are identical, right? But they're so gross, they're, they're not cool. All right, the bristle worm is a nocturnal segmented worm from the family something, which means many hairs in Latin. One glance at these critters and you'll know where the scientists who discovered them came up with their name. Most of the bristle worms you will find in a saltwater reef aquarium are scavengers. Most of us will happily pay good money to add a cleanup crew to our reef tanks, but we often raise an eyebrow in suspicion at the lowly and generally unattractive because they're disgusting bristle worm. The hardworking hitchhiker cl that cleans up the detritus in our tanks but gets no respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. No. Um, all right, where do bristle worms come from? Like all living things, bristle worms come from their parents, but they probably found their way into your tank by hitchhiking their way on a piece of live rock. Bristle worms like to hide inside the crevices of live rock and commonly find their way into saltwater reef tanks by this method. What do bristle worms do? Bristle worms do the job that nobody else wants to do. They are the cleanup crew that removes the dead bodies and decaying biomass in the tank. No kidding. They do the work that a cleanup crew should do with none of the fanfare and none of the fame. These guys are not getting paid that paper, son. All right, are there good and bad bristle worms? Now, a lot of people feel that bristle worms are bad. Um, as soon as they see them in their tank, they want to remove them, and I am guilty of this. I removed one from my 10-gallon tank quite a while ago uh, while it was up and running because I just thought they were bad for the tank. Well, the nature of this article isn't intended to delve into the ontological merits of these organizations, organ, organizations, organisms, or the philosophical value of a cleanup crew, detritivore on the food chain, um, what? But the simple answer is that from the, a self-interested reef aquarist's perspective, yes, there are good and bad bristle worms. Luckily for us, the most common variety is the good kind, and the bad kind is very rare. Um, so there's a video that shows the differences between the two, which I'm not going to watch. Um, and let's just talk about, uh, let's go to, is having, yeah, let's do, we're going to just, we're not going to do the whole thing, right? Is having too many good bristle worms a problem? Having too many good bristle worms, having, oh, jeez. Guys, I'm really, I'm really rusty, I'm sorry. Having too many bristle worms in a reef tank is a symptom of a bigger problem. Not really a problem of its own right. You see, if you have a ton of bristle worms, it means you have a ton of dead animals or leftover food rotting in your tank. Because without all the food, you wouldn't have all those bristle worms. So in one way of thinking about it, the bristle worms are a very, very good thing because without them, you'd have very foul water. Instead of having polluted water, you have a zillion bristle worms. Yuck. All right. We're going to skip all this here, and we're going to go down to... Should I remove the bristle worms? Just because you could remove the bristle worms doesn't mean that you should. That is a decision that only you should make. But since you asked, I'll give you my perspective on the matter. Bristle worms are ideally suited to aquarium life. That's why they grow and reproduce so well in our tanks. It would be rare and unusual for an aquarist to pay money intentionally for a bristle worm. We don't invite them into our tanks. They just show up. But many of us I'm raising one guilty hand right now, just like me, is a little bit sloppy with our husbandry. We feed a little too much and clean the tank a little less often than we should. 
The bristle worm population in your tank helps create a little bit of a natural biological buffer, a cleanup crew that you didn't intend, but Mother Nature developed specifically for this purpose. In addition to that, think about all the biological diversity in vertebrate life going on in your tank. Um, how many rotifers, copepods, snails, crabs, starfish, and other snails live and die in your tank on a given week, month, or year? I suspect you're pretty good about removing large dead organisms like the unfortunate fish, but what about those other critters? It's very true. Do you catch and remove them all, or, you do, or do you need or want a little help? The bristle worm is nature's cleanup crew, so my vote is that you leave them alone. All right, that's all I'm going to read. So from this article, you guys can tell um, very, very plainly it's stated here that there are good and bad bristle worms. Um, good bristle worms... They do a good job of cleaning up the detritus and rotting food and different things in your tank. And honestly, they don't really do much harm. So um, even though I read this article, you know, I had to go to the forums. You just got to go to the forums, man. You got to see what people got to say. So uh, I went to the forums. I found a nice uh, long forum post. It's not super long. How many pages? There's only two pages about, about bristle worms. And I'm going to take you guys through some of the responses. We're going to hit up the fish of the week, which is a very interesting fish of the week, I must say. And then uh, we're going to call it a podcast for the day. So let's see. Uh, this is on Reef Central. The article came out quite some time ago in 2012. Not the article, the, the, um, the post, the thread. Came out quite some time, quite some time ago in 2012. It was started by Pink Skunk, who happens to write using pink font is there a coincidence there probably not i probably not but all right um they said i've always heard if i see a bristle worm kill on the spot now i've read there t-h-e-r-e good for your reef is there a specific kind that won't attack your corals if so how quickly do they reproduce I've heard that orange fireworm is good. Is there ant truth to that? All right. Fiber wrote, good for cleaning up the tank, bad for looking very creepy. That's very true. Indie Man 99, bristle worms are good scavengers. Their populations are self-limiting to the amount of excess food available. Overfeeding equals lots of bristle worms. The bad kind is rare in the hobby. The good ones are common. Um... The next one, data loss. I'm convinced that a larger bristle worm in my tank ate three peppermint shrimp. Sure it is possible they died and he was just scavenging, but nothing else in my tank has died lately. I usually keep an eye out for larger ones at night, and if I see one, I suck it up with a turkey baser type fish feeder I have and flush it. I came home to find this guy munching on a peppermint shrimp and sucked him up. And I think they were going to have like a picture there, but they didn't. Um, EC Dragons uh, with a Z says I would take them out. Thanks, man. Um, Dianerp, Derp, I don't know. Uh, my understanding is they are nothing to worry about, especially if they are small. They seem there seems to be widely varying opinion on this. A wrasse would help take care of them. I've also heard wrasses will eat bristle worms. Um, okay, we got pink skunk here, still writing in pink. I like to feed my fish a lot. My philosophy is a fat fish is a happy fish, so I guess bristle worms will overtake my tank. Sucks, but if I were to put a bristle worm trap, will I remove them all? 
Um, then the next, he wrote to another thing, and he said he is kind of cute. He doesn't look as bad as the others. I think he's referring to the bristle worm. And then Pink Skunk wrote, but not in pink, um, type what kind of wrasse. So maybe maybe Pink Skunk writing in pink was um, it was just a coincidence. It, maybe it probably wasn't on purpose. Maybe. I don't know. Um, let's see. Mike Norin. Uh, it looks like he's commenting on the picture that has probably been since taken down. He says he thinks it's a Caribbean fireworm. He says, treat it with respect. It's called a fireworm and carries those conspicuous white tufts for a reason. And yeah, you probably don't want it in your tank. They eat corals and crustaceans. So I think the fireworm is the bad kind of bristleworm. Um, okay, Sushi Girl. Oh, Sushi Girl. She says, I overfeed... So I have a lot and some big ones. Not the biggest I've had, but big enough. Hell, um, when they get <laughs> when they get annoying and start stealing food from the inhabitants I paid good money for, I catch them with a long pair of non-locking hemostats, giant tweezers, and pull them out. I'm a darn good bristleworm hunter. Lol. I have two right now living with my tiny pistol shrimp, and if I can get them to come out far enough, they're goners. Um, they, they won't let the poor little shrimp eat. I have to stand there for a long time to make sure the pistol gets fed. Today he was so hungry he came half out of his burrow, pushing past the two bristle worms, grabbed the turkey baster with one claw, and reached in and grabbed a piece of food with the other twice. Flappy face. Ha 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 ha. Flappy face. Um, Alright, let's see. P. Stilb. 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 Steel. Sealeb. I don't know. Like a lot of things in our reef tanks, too much of one thing can cause a problem. Though usually harmless, they can just be eyesores. When they get real big, we'll compete for food. Oh, guys. I can't even. For me. I, um... Alright. If my population gets too large, I'll usually add some more hermits as they compete for the same types of food and will help keep the numbers in check. If they get too big and numerous where the hat where the hermits won't help i'll add a predator this person does not know how to spell how old are they six some wrasses will go for smaller worms but usually not larger ones other predators predators that will go for the larger ones include the arrow crab and banded coral shrimp that's a great story sushi girl this is like it's probably not meant to be but because they're typing in like an all lowercase with no punctuation it seems very sarcastic it's a great story, Sushi Girl. Tell it again. Um, whoa! Dan English wrote, I just rearranged some rocks in my tank tonight and saw about 10 that were as thick as my pinky finger and about 6 inches long. They have not harmed anything for years, including clams, LPS, zoas, numerous fish, shrimp, etc. Ugh. Um... All right, I'm, I'm probably going to wrap this up, fellas, uh, folks. Fellas, folks. Um, pink Skunk went back to using the pink font. So maybe that person means to um, use pink font, and that's why they're called Pink Skunk. Um, or maybe they call themselves Pink Skunk, and then afterwards they thought it might be a good idea to write in all pink to go with their username. Maybe. I don't know. Um... Jen, Jenzifer 
wrote, they are good. Thank you, Jensever. Your comment is much appreciated and um, will be taken into account when thinking about bristleworms. Oh my gosh, we have so many more here. Um, let's see. Keller Express said, I know they are beneficial, but they just gross me out. I always remove them. That's, that's fine. Um, Dark Horizon. Does it looks like a blue winky face? Nobody does. Do you ever notice how no, like nobody does this? It's like the flat smile with no teeth and the winky face. It's weird. Bristle worms are only bristle worms will only eat something dead or dying. My six line wrasse and coral banded coral banded shrimp keep them in check. So those must be most. Gosh dang, those must be the predators of the bristle worm. All right, so there you have it on bristle worms. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna type bristle worm in and show you guys some pictures because they're gross. There's the there's the main one that we saw in that article. There's an up close. That looks like a fire one actually. There's there's like a normal bristle worm that I I've kind of seen. These look like the fire. These are the fire worms. These are the bad ones. Um, again, these are like more the normal ones. Oh, they're so gr they're so gross. They're so gross. Ugh. Ugh. See that guy's got a bunch of quills in his finger. Not cool. All right. So, um, if I were to give you the overall summary about bristle worms, after you just listen to me ramble on for minutes and minutes and minutes. Um, bristle worms are not bad necessarily unless you have a fire worm which is a kind of bright orange color with white quills um, those you want to stay away from they can sting they can harm coral they can harm invertebrates other things in your tank um, but if you have a normal looking bristle worm it's not necessarily a bad thing if you don't mind seeing in your tank and they are nocturnal so you'll only mainly see them at night or if you flip over rocks or move things around in your tank if you don't mind them being in there and just kind of appreciate them for what they are they're like the freaking basement janitor right they're like the guy cleaning the freaking corners with the creepy spider webs and stuff that nobody else wants to do that's what a bristle worm is um, so if you guys are okay with the way that they look in your tank and um, you know you don't have a fireworm they're all right to leave they're okay to leave um, and like the article said and some of the other people said is if you start to see a lot of bristle worms you need to maybe consider doing a little bit more maintenance on your tank and keeping your environment a little cleaner because then they will naturally sort of reduce in number over time so let's move on to the fish of the week which I have here and it is the, I can't do that anymore because you guys are looking at it. It is the longhorn cowfish. Look at this guy. Look at that guy, man. He looks so cool. He's got horns in the front and in the back. It's pretty neat, man. He looks like a box. Like when you actually see him in a tank, he looks like a little box. And it doesn't look like he really swim around very good. He's sort of like uncoordinated, right? He's just a boxy fish. But uh, it's cool. All right, so the care level is difficult. The temperament is peaceful. Color form is white and yellow, obviously. Um, reef compatible with caution. Uh, venomous. It can be poisonous when it's stressed or when it dies. And it says the minimum tank size is tank size is 250 gallons. I think that's a little big. I think you could probably go with like a 150 um, for a tank like this. I've seen them in smaller tanks, um, but I definitely would not go with a small tank like a 50 gallon or anything like that. But 
250 is pretty excessive. All right, so let's read the overview here. And do we, oh, we got some customer testimonials there. All right, um, the overview, the longhorn. Okay, I got to read it in a voice, right? The longhorn cowfish inhabit the reefs of the Indo-Pacific, usually in the less turbid waters. The body is tan to yellow and covered with white and blue dots and is occasionally referred to as the yellow boxfish. However, the longhorn is not to be confused with the commonly called the yellow or polka dot boxfish. Okay. When possible, the longhorn cowfish should be the first fish introduced in the tank. It is intolerant of other longhorns, so keep it in a large tank with some live rock for algae scraping. Use caution if placing the cowfish longhorn in a reef tank, as it may nibble on tube worms. When housed correctly, the cowfish longhorn is long-lived. Similar to other boxfish, the cowfish longhorn's skin is poisonous, and when threatened, it will release a toxic lethal to other tank members, including other longhorns. Since they are omnivores, the long... Oh, man. That reminds me of something. Since they are omnivores, the longhorn cowfish should be offered a variety of meaty and vegetable foods. They are slow eaters and should be housed, should not be housed with aggressive eaters. So what this reminds me of here is when they say uh, the longhorn skin is poisonous and when threatened it will release toxic lethal to other tank members. There was a scene in the office where uh, Pam was pregnant and she was throwing up. And somebody was like, Pam, don't throw up. And she's like, she looked right at him and she pulled up the garbage can and she barfed in it. And it caused everybody else in the office to start throwing up into their garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it reminds me of. The cowfish would be freaking swimming along, right? Something would scare it. It would it would put poisonous scent out in the water. And if there were other cowfish in it, they'd start to get damaged by it. They'd be like, oh, crap, right? And then they would they would release their poison too. And it would just like murder everything. So that's kind of why they say you should probably not put other cowfish in the same tank with it. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. All right. Let's go to the customer testimonials here. Um... All right, uh, Teresa Yu from Elgin, Illinois says, the cowfish longhorn is extremely friendly and will eat out of the owner's hand. That's cool. It requires pristine water conditions or it may succumb to disease. Ultraviolet sterilizers are recommended with the cowfish. Also keep carbon in the tank or filter at all time, times to prevent die-offs due to oxytocin, due to the oxytocin release. All right. Um, let's go with Mark K from Boston there. Gotta say, received this fish and it was extremely healthy. As, as far as care for the fish, it appears to be very easy. The fish is a pig when it comes to food. It started eating flake pellet, noise sheets, mice, scallops, frozen dinner shrimp, just about everything. Very personable fish which will follow you around the tank like a puppy. Highly recommended. That's a terrible, terrible Boston. It's not even a Boston accent. Because it says the guy's from Boston, New York. Which is it, man? Is there a Boston in New York? What is happening? I thought he was from Boston, Massachusetts. He's from Boston, New York. What? What? Okay. All right. All right. Last one, Nathan Scrahan from Cincinnati, Ohio. I live in Cincinnati. Big ups to Cincy. Uh, Cincinnati police. Um, okay, this guy says, hogwash. My cowfish eats from the surface twice a day. Here we go. He lives in a 37-gallon tank. I've had him for over two years. I never test the water for ammonia, nitrite, or nitrate. I mean, I don't know. That's something I brag about. You should probably check, check for that every now and then. I used to, and I not only drove myself nuts, but I killed quite a few fish trying to get everything reading just right. 
I wouldn't suggest a bigger tank, no doubt, but be reasonable. I've been doing this for close to 20 years now. I change the filters every other month. He is spoiled eating expensive frozen food. Just be careful and watch for ick. Do not over-medicate. Chill and enjoy, if you can afford it, a fish with personality. Boom. What up, Nathan? You seem like a chill dude. Actually, you don't seem like a chill dude. You seem like a very, like, uh, like, yeah, you seem, you seem kind of chill, right? And I, he seems like the kind of person that's chill and, like, just wants everybody else to chill out, too. So, so there you have it. The Longhorn Cowfish is the fish of the week. And that is my time with you. I can only imagine how long that I've been talking because there's no timer on this recording thing over here anywhere. So if I went over by a lot, I apologize to you guys. But thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for checking out the Fish Tank channel. I know I was a little scattered today and I wasn't very well spoken. So hopefully next time I'll like have myself together a little bit better. Maybe it was a new setup. I was a little nervous about making sure everything worked out. But uh, yeah, I'd like to thank you guys so much. If you want to continue checking out the podcast, it will be on all podcast services, including the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store. And it is hosted on Podbean. So if you want to head over to Podbean, you can follow me over there. You can become like a subscriber or follower of the podcast, which would be awesome. And if you just continue to watch it on YouTube, that is great as well. If you're watching it there, I would really appreciate you guys uh, throwing me a couple comments. Let me know what you think about the updated format. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Um, Hey, it was a first try. Sorry if the sound's a little bit weird or whatever, but uh, thank you guys so much for checking it out. Thank you for your support. Uh, I look forward to dropping a five-gallon update soon as, uh, as well as the Fish Tank Tower reveal if I ever do it sometime this year. Hopefully it's soon because people are just going to turn me off, right? So, all right, once again, I'm the Fish Tank Guy. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a good week, a good weekend, um, and I'll see you soon. All right, so long. Bye-bye.